Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Lakers are struggling a little bit. They've lost two games in a row, one to the Sixers, one to the Hornets, all that. Mailbag segment. Let's jump into it. All right. Well, Lakers lose on Thursday night and Friday night. The first game was against the Sixers in Philadelphia. Now, this is a tough game because LeBron James did not play. He is out with a knee injury right now. I don't think it seems too serious. They showed him getting ready and uh, warming up with the team and whatnot before both the game against Philadelphia and Charlotte. But a game without LeBron James is tough. Anthony Davis is back. We talked about this in my last episode. Uh, Anthony Davis played against the Nets in limited minutes. He played last night, or not last night, Thursday night against the Sixers, which was a good game. For him, he ended up with 31 points. He played 33 minutes, so he did up that. You know, he had a bit of a minute restriction like we talked about in the Nets game, in the game against the Nets. He ended up playing 33 minutes, and he he played well. He shot 14 of 21. He missed one three-pointer. He made three of his three free-throw attempts. He had 12 rebounds, three offensive rebounds, nine defensive rebounds, 31 points. I mean, he came out and he played going up against Embiid, who's one of the best players right now in the NBA, definitely one of the best big men in the NBA right now. And and Anthony Davis didn't shy away. He played really well. The rest of the team, not so much. I mean, Russell Westbrook did play well. He shot nine for 15, 60%. He shot 66% from three, two for three from three, and 20 points in the game with, where is it at? Four, four rebounds, which is a little low for Russell Westbrook, but a point guard doesn't really need all of those rebounds necessarily, in my opinion. So a good game overall from Russell Westbrook. We had two, you know, Anthony Davis played well. Russell Westbrook played well. The rest of the team, where were they at? Malik Monk only had 11 points. Stanley Johnson only had two points. Avery Bradley only had two points. Taylor Horton Tucker, seven. Carmelo only had nine. The, the Lakers just can't get any other scoring outside of their LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Every once in a while, Malik Monk shows up, Carmelo shows up. It's just been really tough for the rotation guys to really get involved in this game. Um, let's see, on the other end, for the Sixers, Tyrese Maxey went off 27 points. Joel Embiid ended up with, 20, or sorry, that's wrong. <laughs> Tyrese Maxey had 14 points. I was looking at the plus minus. NBA.com has the plus minus right next to the points. Doesn't make a ton of sense. Joel Embiid had 26 points. Tobias Harris had 23 points. Tyrese Maxey had 14 points, so not not 27. And then Georges Nyang had 14 points. So, again, just more scoring. The Lakers, so they, they lost the game, I don't think I mentioned, 105-87. to 87. 
holding a team like the Sixers, who I think they hold the sixth seed in the West right now to 105 points, is not that bad. It's not that bad. But only being able to score 87 points in an NBA game in today's NBA is just ridiculously awful. I mean, 87 points back in the early 2000s and the 90s, maybe you can, you know, win a game like that. But only scoring 87 points is not going to get it done. And 105, holding a team to 105 points, that's pretty good. I mean, it's not perfect defense. It's not great defense, but you should be able to hold a team to 105 points and still win a ball game. But only scoring 87 points, is that is just tough. And it just again, it boils down to no help outside of Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and the rest of the team. Malik Monk shot three for 13. So, like, he's getting shots up. They're getting attempts. He's, he shot three for 13, 23% from the field, only one for six from three, which, I mean, Malik Monk had a good game against the Nets the game before. So he's just, he's going, he's inconsistent. He had a period around the Christmas time frame a few weeks after that where he was playing really well, but he's been a little bit more of a roller coaster, up and down, inconsistent. And it's tough. I mean, it's it's tough to, 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 to have offense when you have guys that are, are playing like that. Um, what else? Carmelo, four for 11, not great. So as a team, the Lakers shot 40% from the field and only 20% from three. Thankfully, they did limit their three-pointers to only 29, which there's been times where the Lakers shoot 20% from three, but they shoot shoot 43-pointers. <laughs> so they did limit the three-pointers, which is good if they're not falling. They only made six three-pointers in the entire game versus the Sixers who shot 50% from the field and 37% from, from three. So... Again, just better offense. The Lakers didn't play terrible, but I mean, to shoot 50% from the field in a game is pretty good. That's pretty good offense. So the defense could stand to get better, but the Lakers offense needs to be able to keep them in games. And and they go down, like the Lakers will go down on an offensive, offensive, off, on an offensive possession and they just don't, don't know what they're doing. They don't know. They... LeBron will have the ball. They kind of dribble around. There's not like a, we're not, it's not like a, okay, we're going to pick and roll this time or, okay, we're going to do this or do that this time. It, it just is a lot of not knowing what to do and where to be and, and all that stuff. So tough loss in Philadelphia. I mean, going into the game, I didn't think the Lakers would win. I don't think many Lakers fans thought the Lakers would win this game, but you would hope that they could at least be in the game and compete. Again, I mentioned with the Lakers, I want them to, at the very least, be in the sixth seed in the West because I don't want them to play in the playing tournament. But, and they're playing, the, the Sixers are the sixth seed in the East. And again, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference aren't necessarily equal, but you, they should be a similar caliber team. And again, to hold a team like the Sixers to 105 points, they don't have Ben Simmons. They don't, like, they don't have all the, they don't have the, like, they're uh, Tobias Harris is good. Joel Embiid is good. They have role players that can play. You know, they have Tyrese Maxey, Danny Green, guys like that. That can, you know, they can, they can play. They're not going to, you can get 26 from Embiid, 23 from Tobias Harris, you know, and then you have Thibault who could put up some points. It's just, they have players that can, they can score. And the Lakers do too, but the Lakers <laughs> role players aren't scoring. So that's, I think, where a lot of the trouble is with the Lakers right now. A little drama in that game last, or in the, in the Sixers game, was uh, Carmelo got some fans kicked out, which apparently they, um, the fans said like a 
a racial slur to to uh to Carmelo. And those fans they get kicked out of the game and then not only do they get kicked out of the game, but they've been banned from the Wells Fargo Center and any other Sixers games from from that point. So talk about some bad decisions. So that was kind of the big drama in the game outside of the basketball. And then the Lakers just sucking on offense. They just can't score the basketball. And, and it's not, again, it's not like a LeBron James thing. Like, of course, having LeBron would help so much. If you had Anthony Davis putting up 31, Russell Westbrook putting up 20, you know LeBron's going to get at least 20, if, if not more. You know, he's been on a streak of 25 points plus for the last 18 games. So obviously missing him hurts a lot, but you got to have, got to get someone that that can step up. And again, Malik Munga just wasn't his night three for 13 from the field. He shoots even just a little bit better and the Lakers are at least in the game. And then you get, if you can get someone else going, THT, Avery Bradley, you, it, it's just hard to win ball games when you only have two guys that are producing offense. So tough loss for the Lakers. Although again, didn't necessarily expect them to win, but I would at least, I just want them to, to be battling. I want them to be in the game. I want them to be able to have a chance at the end of the game to win. And the Sixers are a team that they're, they're a good team. They're a playoff team in the East, but the Lakers should still be able to, to fight with them and to be in a close game against the Sixers. So Again, sucks to see the Lakers lose. Kind of expected. Want them to be a little closer. Need the offense to step up. Need the role players to step up. And that's that's where it's at. I mean, that's where that's kind of the big takeaway from the Sixers game. So moving on to last night's game, Friday night against Charlotte in Charlotte. Now, we were without LeBron on Thursday against the Sixers. We were without LeBron again last night on Friday against the Hornets. And on top of that, we were without Anthony Davis. So a big game for Russell Westbrook. He needed to step up and he did just that. I'm pulling up the stats from the game really quick. So I have them in front of me. So starters last night were Wayne Ellington, Stanley Johnson, DeAndre Jordan, Avery Bradley, and Russell Westbrook. Sheesh. That's all I can say about that. Russell Westbrook stepped up and he played hard with 35 points in the game, 12 of 23 shooting, 52%, three for seven from three, which comes out to 42%. That's not not too bad, especially for a guy like Russell Westbrook, eight for 10 from the free throw line, 80%. Just an all around good game for Russell Westbrook. For the most part, he was a little slow early in the game, but he got there and played well and we had some guys step up we had let's see where is it at Carmelo Anthony had 19 points Austin Reeves had 16 points on 50% shooting pretty good Taylor and Horton Tucker had 11 points so not only were Anthony Davis was out LeBron was out Malik Monk was out which was going to be a big revenge game for Malik Monk going up against the Hornets and just tough overall. Dwight Howard did not play in this game, which is really surprising. DeAndre Jordan got the start, which is even more surprising. But on top of that, Dwight Howard did not play at all. Kind of a weird situation there, if you ask me. Uh, Trevor Reza played 13 minutes. He is looking as bad as ever. 
again, the story is the same situation. So the Lakers lose this game 117 to 114. They had a possession with nine seconds left in the game down two. It was 116 to 114. And this just makes me so mad. The play call, I don't I don't know if this was the play call. They had a timeout. They had a timeout. They come out of a timeout, nine seconds left, down by two. Chance to win the game. In a game where they were down by as much as 20 points in this game. And they inbound the ball, give the ball to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook gets the ball with about seven seconds left. He dribbles, 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 and then just pulls up a three-pointer, misses it, and that's the game. They end up Lakers foul with like 0.2 seconds left. Charlotte gets a free throw to make it 117 to 114. But like that's the play call you have out of a timeout. And I don't know if that's Frank Vogel. I don't know if that's Russell Westbrook not doing what the coach said to do. I don't know what I don't know what the situation is. West, Westbrook was hot. He's put up 35 points. He had just hit two big threes earlier in the fourth quarter to help bring the Lakers back in the game, which is great. But with the game on the line, you got to know that Russell Westbrook is not a clutch three-point shooter. He's not, I mean, he's just not a three-point shooter in general. Like he, I don't know. Like it just, that would not be my play call personally. In a game where like, in a season where you need to win as many games as you possibly can, in a season where you need to win as many games as you possibly can, I get you want to go for the win. You don't want to go to overtime. You got your low on guys. You're you've been you're dealing with injuries. You've already done a ton of overtime games already. I understand what you want to go for the win. I'm cool with that. You had I don't know who was on the floor in that on that last play. I wish there was an easy way for me to look it up, which I maybe there is and I just don't know. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who was on the floor. But you have Wayne Ellington, who's a good three point shooter. You have uh, Avery Bradley, who's a pretty good three-point shooter. Austin Reeves, who's he's an okay three-point shooter. He had hit a couple big threes late in the game, though, also. And he's hit a game-winning three-pointer against Dallas. Um, that, I mean, those are your... Those, oh, and then Carmelo Anthony. You have four three-point shooters that are pretty good to... They're, like, pretty good to good three-point shooters that you could give the ball to if you want to go for the win. If you want to shoot a three-pointer for the win as time expires, take that risk. If that's what you want to do, you have four different guys before Russell Westbrook that should be getting that ball. But instead, the play is dribble, 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 and then jack up a three. No movement, no pick set, no ball movement, no nothing. And I get it. If 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 the shot went in, we would be singing Russell Westbrook's praises. He would have had 38 points in the game, Lakers would have won, would have been great. But it's still, it's the same thing as like a few games ago against the Jazz when the Lakers win the game, Russell Westbrook late in the game gets the ball and like drives the length of the court and puts up a risky three but gets fouled and it goes in and it works out. But it's still one of those like, no, 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 yeah, like kind of plays where you're you're saying like in your head, like what the heck is he doing? And then it works. You're like, okay, all right, let's go. It would have been the same situation. I still would have criticized the play, even if the shot went in, but it just happened. It just didn't go in. So it just exemplifies even how 
worse of a shot it was or a play or you can't even call it a play. It was just bad. And it's just a tough loss. It just sucks to lose to a team like Charlotte. And I get it. We're playing without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like what can you expect? But still it just hurts. It sucks to lose games that should be winnable games. And also missing Malik Monk, who again, like I said, was supposed to be a, a big uh, revenge game for him because he used to play for Charlotte before he came to the Lakers. But again, it is what it is. It just sucks to lose to teams like that. And so the Lakers are now 24 and 26, two games below 500. Just sucks. Lakers are now ninth seed in the West, which keeps them in the playing tournament, but puts them in a bad position. I mean, we're now, where is the games behind? We're now four games behind the sixth, the sixth spot in the West, which is the Denver Nuggets. Still doable, still manageable to get up there, but with every loss, it just becomes harder and harder, which sucks. So that's kind of a bummer. And the Lakers lose. And I mean, props to the Lakers for even being in the game against Charlotte. They were down big. They looked awful with like four minutes left in the game against in the first quarter against Charlotte, the Lakers had eight points or something like that. Like they, they are five points. They just looked awful. They were, they looked really bad. They got off to a slow start. They got down big early and it just was not a good game. It did not look like it was going to be a good game going into it. And props to the Lakers props to Russell Westbrook for doing what needed to be done and, and make it a game. I mean, it's like I always say, it sucks for the Lakers to lose, but if they're at least in the game, if they're at least fighting and they get a, they have a shot to win late in the game, then I can live with it. I can live with a, a situation like that. But, you know, to get blown out, to only score 87 points like they did the night before against uh, Philadelphia, that that's tough. That's more upsetting to me. So a tough loss again props to russell westbrook and props to the team for fighting back and making it a game and i do have to say russell westbrook did call my bluff not obviously not on purpose but i tweeted early during the charlotte game through the lakers carpool account i tweeted that russell westbrook is basically a glorified role player at this point if he was anything more than that the lakers would actually have a shot to win this game talking about the game against charlotte and he did just that he put up 35 points and he had a great second half to give the Lakers a chance to win that ball game. So I have to give credit where credit is due and I have to call myself out for being wrong in that situation. So uh shout out to Russell Westbrook for, for doing for playing well and giving the Lakers a, a shot to win the game, which is again, all we can, all we can ask for. So, um, you know, again, Lakers are now two games below 500. They've lost two games in a row after having a really good win against the Nets. And I think a lot of this has to do with injuries. I mean, it sucks that the Lakers are dealing with injuries so much that they're not even giving themselves a chance to win games. And it's not like it's their fault necessarily, but it it sucks. It's a it's a sucky situation. And I don't you know, I don't I I think it's one of those things where I, I think I tweeted this earlier where it's like, if it's one thing for the Lakers to, to be fully healthy and to lose ball games and to, to not be good, fully healthy, but to be so injury ridden throughout the season at different times, different players at different times to not even give themselves like a full chance to show what they're capable of 
is what is really a big bummer to me and, and pretty frustrating. So tough to lose against Charlotte and, and Philadelphia. And now we stand at 24-26. We have a lot more room to to cover. I mean, we had just beat the Nets. We're at 24-24. and 24. I was just talking about how the Lakers probably wouldn't beat Philadelphia, but they could go on a run. They could, they could beat Charlotte. They could beat Atlanta. They could beat some teams that are coming up, New York, Clippers, teams that are very beatable to go on a run to win. You know, you could win five games in a row and you could find yourselves, depending on how the other teams do, but you could find yourself up near the fifth or sixth or fourth seed. And losing to a tough loss to Charlotte like that, it's not going to, doesn't help. That's for sure. So looking ahead at the Lakers schedule, the next game is tomorrow. It's an early game, 10 a.m. our time. It's in Atlanta. So it's a one o'clock start in Atlanta. Lakers are currently not favored to win that game. So the Lakers find themselves at 24 and 26. The Hawks are 23 and 25. So both teams are two games below 500. And the ESPN matchup predictor has the Lakers not favored to win. They have Atlanta favored at a 66.6% chance to win. Lakers at 33.4. The Lakers are 9 and 14 away. And the Hawks are 13 and 11 at home. The Hawks have played a little more games at home than the Lakers have away. You know, that's something to consider. I, LeBron is going to be out again with a knee injury. I'm pretty sure I saw that before coming on. Hopefully Anthony Davis can be back. You know, again, if we can get Anthony Davis back, if we can get Malik Monk back. Uh, Anthony Davis, Malik Monk are both listed day-to-day. Russell Westbrook is also listed day-to-day. Um, Trey Young listed day-to-day. So depending on who, you know, if Anthony Davis doesn't play, then, as, then I totally get why the Lakers aren't favored. If Anthony, Davis, if Anthony Davis plays, if he can play how he played against the Sixers, the Lakers have a good shot to win this. Again, it's a winnable game. We beat them by a ton at home earlier in the season. There's no reason that we should not be able to win this game, even without LeBron playing, in my opinion. We, re, we beat them by a ton without Anthony Davis. I know Anthony Davis. I know LeBron is much more consistent, typically, than Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis looks good coming off that injury. It looks like he he looks good. He looks like he has urgency. It looks like he wants to play tough and and go at it. So Lakers should win this game. We'll see what happens. We should beat Charlotte also. Some things came came into play with the injuries and whatnot. Same situation here. Injuries are going to be tough. Injuries can really sw- swing how a game should go and how predictions go and whatnot. So should be able to beat them, but We'll see. And then after Atlanta, we play – where is it at? So we play at Atlanta, and we, we play Portland at home on Wednesday. So we have a nice little break between Sunday and Wednesday, which hopefully can get LeBron back. We can get uh, Anthony Davis fully healed, Russell Westbrook with whatever's ailing him, Malik Monk. You know, hopefully we, we can have a pretty healthy roster come Wednesday at home. And then we play the Clippers – it's technically an away game, but obviously play the same arena. And then the Knicks at home, and then Milwaukee at home. So, like I mentioned in the episode before, we should be able to beat Atlanta. We should be able to beat Portland. We should beat the Clippers. We should beat New York. There's four games in a row that we could we could go on a four-game win streak pretty realistically. Depends, obviously, on health, health-wise and things like that, but should be able to win those games. And then Milwaukee's going to be tough. And then we play Portland again, winnable. Golden State, and then we go on a you know tough Golden State-Utah back-to-back. Not back-to-back days, but back-to-back games. So the next the, you know, the next few games, 
look pretty winnable outside of Milwaukee, Golden State, maybe Utah, who's been struggling and we've beat recently. The schedule looks good. We can go on a run. We can get out of that ninth seed. We could get a, out of the play-in tournament. Hopefully we can get healthy and, and, and go for that. And it, it all comes down to health. If LeBron's not healthy down the stretch, if Anthony Davis isn't healthy down the stretch, you'll see what happens. I mean, even the Lakers last season as the seventh seed, had they been healthy, probably probably would have beat the Suns. We were probably on the way to, of beating the Suns, who ended up going to the finals. Would we have beaten Milwaukee in the finals? Who knows? But injuries can really kill a team. And we're at a place where we're, we're kind of at a crossroads. If we can stay healthy at, from this point on throughout the rest of the season, we have a chance. We have a chance to make a run and potentially make a run in the playoffs. But if we can't, then it is what it is. I mean, injuries, injuries can make or ruin a team, no matter how good that team is. All right, before we break, going to do a quick mailbag segment. Got a couple questions in this week. So the first question is, would I prefer the Lakers roster or the Atlanta Hawks roster? This is a good question coming into tomorrow night or tomorrow morning's game against the Hawks. Personally, I mean, I would pick the Lakers right now. I mean, the Hawks aren't anything that special at the moment. And, you know, Trey Young is a good young player. And I know they have, uh, I'm trying to pull up the game right now, the preview just to make sure I'm looking at the right stuff. So, I mean, Bogdanovich, good shooter. Clint Capella, good big man. John Collins, Gallinari. I like a lot of those players. Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter. Like, they have a good, they have a good young squad. Um, so it depends on, I guess, the question, right? Like, if it's, for the future, then maybe I would, for if any future teams, I would pick the Hawks roster for sure. But if it's this season, for the one season, I would pick, I would rather have LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Westbrook over over these guys, in, in my opinion. I mean, it, they're obviously, they're still two games below 500, just like the Lakers are. And again, I don't know if they're dealing with injuries similar to the Lakers or not, but I would still, for the one season, I would, I would take LeBron James and Anthony Davis for sure over the over this team but i do like bogdanovich i love gallinari those are guys i wish the lakers could have picked up at some point i like what herder does he's a tall six seven shooter um again clink capella a good big man they're all young i mean like the gallinari's 33 he's like the oldest guy on the team uh, lou williams 35 but of the guys that are like playing a ton you know it's Gallinari is like one of the oldest that's at 33 so I mean in that sense from a future standpoint Atlanta would probably be the, the be the pick and then hopefully you could get some you know I think Atlanta still needs like one more guy to be like a star on the team Trey Young is on his way to have the uh, I mean I wouldn't say he's for sure on the way to being a superstar necessarily but he is only 23 he has a ton of time to grow into himself and to become someone great but i think they still would need one more at least one more like star player before they were like a for sure finals contender but i mean they did make it to the round to the eastern conference finals last season so good for good for them good for them in that sense i mean it's a it's a good looking roster for the most part so in that sense and and they're young which i like so for the future atlanta but for this season i still i'm not going to take 
there's obviously rosters that are good, right? Phoenix are playing well. Golden State's playing well. I have a hard time still picking Anthony Davis and LeBron over anybody else. If it came down to like a series where it really mattered, I have a hard time picking those anyone over those two guys. So in that sense, for the one season, I would still go with the Lakers. And then the other question we got this week was from Chris, and he asked, what is my favorite all-time Lakers starting five? And that's a good question. I think if I was older, I would probably pick a Showtime era team. You know, you think about Magic Johnson and Kareem and James Worthy. It's like, you can't, like, that's a, that starting five with those guys. It's pretty sick. That's pretty odd. Like, that's, that's pretty crazy to think about. And then you think about 2000, the, the, the three peat team in the 2000, early 2000s. You know, you have Shaq and Kobe and Rick Fox and who else? Robert Ori. You know, like, the, those teams are good. Those teams were legendary because of Shaq and Kobe. But for honestly, my my pick, and this might just show my bias and my my age, but I might go with the team that won the finals in two thousand nine. With I was just looking at that. It was Kobe, Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom, and then you had like Andrew Bynum, Derek Fisher, Trevor Ariza, and I can't remember if Bynum would start with with Gasol or not. I think they probably did, honestly, back then. So you had like Derek Fisher, Kobe, Lamar, Pau, Bynum. Is that team beating a team with Kobe and Shaq also? Eh, probably not because Shaq was so dominant. So like, but if it depends on what you mean by favorite, I guess. Do you mean favorite in terms of like, who do I think is the best all time or was my favorite to watch? And the way I'm interpreting the question, probably favorite to watch, I would say. And I, again, if it's favorite to watch, obviously the Showtime teams are out just because I didn't grow up watching them. I've, you know, watched documentaries here and there and stuff. And like I said, I would 100% back anyone that lived during that era, era that said that those teams. But the Kobe, Pau, Lamar, young Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza was only 23 when the Lakers won in 2009. A young Trevor Reza, Derek Fisher, who hit some huge shots against uh, Orlando in, in, in those finals going on. And then um, Andrew Bynum was only 21. That's crazy to think about because his career ended with the injuries and whatnot. The fact that he was only 21 when the Lakers won in 2009 is insane. And then Luke Wall and Jordan Farmar, those guys were awesome. But we're only talking starting five. But yeah, Kobe, a 30-year-old Kobe, 28-year-old Pau Gasol, Lamar, Trevor Ariza, Derek Fisher, Andrew Bynum. That those six guys, depending on who's in the starting lineup, exactly. Probably my favorite to watch. And again, nostalgia and, and whatnot, but just super fun. Big Kobe fan, obviously. I love Pau Gasol. Like it just those teams might not be considered like a greatest of all time team or starting five or whatever. But as a Lakers fan, there's a lot of really good memories. And it, you know, the 2020 finals winning team, LeBron, Anthony Davis. Gosh, I can't even remember off the top of my head who started started on that team. But it wasn't that impressive. I mean, you had Danny Green. Who else? I, did they start Dwight Howard? Oh, JaVale McGee. It was like Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, LeBron. Who the heck was the point guard? This is I my short-term memory in this situation is 
is awful. I'm looking it up real quick. Um, what was the starting lineup for the 2019-2020 Lakers? It's going to show me like this. Oh, yeah, Casey. Okay, so we had... That's crazy. KCP, Anthony Davis, Danny Green, LeBron James, JaVale McGee. Fun with the Anthony Davis-LeBron James matchup in duo. Obviously, the finals, we got Alex Caruso starting game six. That was fun. So, I mean, like, fun te- fun in that sense with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, that's one of my favorite recency bias, maybe. But one of my favorite Lakers, like, duos. You know, you have, like, Kobe Shaq. You have, well, they, going all the way back, right? You have Magic Kareem. You have Kobe Shaq. You have Kobe Powell. You have... LeBron, Anthony Davis. Out of those options, like Kobe Powell, super fun, but obviously Kobe being so ball dominant and shot dominant, it, it was less of like a duo and more of like a Kobe is the guy and Powell is the number two. Whereas like with with LeBron and AD, like I think down the stretch LeBron is the number one, AD is number two, but that's not how it is every game. LeBron's a great passer, he's a great facilitator. Anthony Davis is just insane with his abilities, with his size, his fluidity, his footwork, his shot-making abilities, and whatnot. Like, and I think we've talked about this before. I think I've had a question about favorite duos and stuff, and I'm getting off topic. For the record, my answer for favorite starting five is the 2009. That, the team that won the finals in 2009, I, I would say. Just because, just fun. The team that won in 2010 was basically the same team, except you swap Trevor Ariza for... Ron Artest. Ron Artest is a fun, fun, but I, like that young Trevor Reza, who was just like a good defender, good hustle player, was just like super fun. Ron Artest was one of those guys where like he, he did a lot of hustle plays and things like that that were great, but he did have some plays that were sometimes kind of like, what are you doing? What are you thinking, man? Um, and maybe Trevor had those too back then, and I just don't remember. And to be fair, some of those plays that Ron Artest did that came out to be clutch, like that huge three he had in, in game seven in the finals against the Celtics, things like that. So again, it's a toss up. It's tough, but I would, I think for the record, I would go with that 2019 team uh, with Kobe Powell, Bynum, Trevor Reza, Derek Fisher, just super fun. So those are the two questions I had. I appreciate you guys for, for asking the questions. The, the mailbag stuff is fun. I really appreciate when you guys, not calling, but uh, ask questions when I can interact with you guys. So again, thank you guys so much for listening and go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on anchor, Spotify, Apple podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, Thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!